American Muslims. We are doctors, engineers, we are God-fearing people. We reach to our neighbor, we are in school. We don't care whether they're Muslims or non-Muslims. You're the best. We are rooted here in this country. Our bodies will be buried in this ground here. I have a vested interest. I am passionate about Islam and America. You have different, different voices that all contribute to this beautiful diversity of Muslims. With all your defaults and all our mistakes, we are still the best group of people that ever came to America. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له أشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد Brothers and sisters, you know it is a, a great honor for me to have the privilege to address a Muslim audience. The greatest thing that ever happened in my life is the day that I became a Muslim and is not even close. I thank Allah the Almighty for having guided me to this wonderful deen. My task tonight is really to talk about us as Muslims and what we should be doing now. I've always believed that the Muslims will be successful in America when the indigenous Muslims and the immigrant Muslims marry together. This ummah of yours is one ummah, Allah says, and I am your Lord, so worship me. Look what the Prophet did 1400 years ago, as recorded by Al-Bukhari. آخر رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بين عبد الرحمن بن أنف وصاد بن ربيع. And he took those two tribes, the Ansar and Muhajirun, and he put them as bonds of brotherhood. I don't think many of the immigrant communities really understand and appreciate the African American communities, especially. And I believe that many of those in the African-American community don't really understand the so-called immigrant community. One of my friends, Imam Talib Abdul Rashid from New York, from Harlem, African-American, was invited by a national immigrant community in Washington, D.C. to attend one of their meetings. So the brothers from the immigrant community, and please forgive me, I say immigrant, indigenous, not as a divisive, but as what it is. Would you forgive me for that? Yes. So the brothers from the immigrant community had a set of priorities, and they wrote them down. Priority number one, priority number two, one, two, three, all the way to ten. They looked to Imam Talib and said, Imam Talib, what do you think about this list? And Imam, Imam Talib said, it's interesting. What you have as priority number one 
in my community is priority number 10. And what you have as priority number 10 in your community, in my community, is priority number one. So what does that mean? It means that we are brothers. We have different priorities. And it doesn't mean that we are not, we don't love one another, we love each other, but the fact of the matter is that we have different priorities. Our job is to bring them both together. Let me say a few things about the Muslims and what's going on in the world. I have been said it, I have been saying it, and I hinted at it at Salatul Jumu'ah. Now I'm going to express it in a little bit more detail. With all of this so-called Islamophobia going on, people attacking Muslims, it appears as if that this is a fight against Islam. It does look like that way. All of the things that they're saying about Muslims and against Muslims make the Muslims say, what's going on here? Why are they attacking us? Why are they doing this and that to us? And I will say tonight that it is bigger than you can ever imagine. And the attacks are not against Islam per se. I'm going to prove it to you in a few minutes. Dr. Ahmed Saka, rahimallah, you know our good brother from California. I remember one day he told me, he said, Imam Siraj, when I first came to America, I remember in Chicago the first Eid prayer. The first Eid prayer in Chicago, he said, Imam, there were four people. Four people had the Eid prayer in Chicago years ago. Look at the Muslims now. Look how Allah has blessed us to grow. I was in Birmingham, UK, sometime this year, and they had the Eid prayer in Birmingham. And in one area, 90,000 Muslims worshiped Eid prayer in Birmingham. In Moscow right now, they are building a masjid that would accommodate 60,000 worshipers. Islam is growing in ways that you can even imagine. And Islam will grow more if we understand a few principles. One of the major principles that I will leave for you tonight is that have courage. Be proud of your religion. Be proud of being a Muslim. Your greatness is not in being white or black, American, European, African, all of that. That's not, that's not the issue. If you look at me, and uh, Sheikh Walid, I meant to tell you I, uh, I love you and just so happy to be in your presence, alhamdulillah, and you actually look younger every year. It's the only one I know that gets younger instead of getting older. Sister Dunya, may Allah bless you and all the good work that you do. But take a look at me. Just take one moment. I know you don't want to look at me, but just look at me for one moment. And you notice something? Immediately, it jumps out on an aswad. 
But Sheikh Walid, he didn't notice yet. He, he probably don't realize I'm African-American. <laughs> right, I'm going to tell you why in a second. <laughs> and you know what? I love being black. I love my black skin and my, you know, my woolly, kinky head and my broad nose and my thick lips. I love it. You should ask the question, why? Someone once said that uh, the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. I'm just saying, somebody said that. But that's not the reason why. The only reason why is what Allah said in Quran. It is Allah who created you in the womb as he pleased. If Allah is happy to create me and make me a black man, I'm happy to be a black man. And Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessing be upon him, said, In Allah Ta'ala, La yandru ila asamikum wa la ila suwarikum wa la kan yandru ila kulubikum wa amalikum. Allah the Almighty will not look at your bodies nor your forms, but he'll look at your heart and your deeds. This is what we're talking about. This is the Islam that we're practicing. And we must show the world. If we want to show the world how to fight against racism, we ourselves must fight against racism among us. There is no racism in Islam, but there is traces of racism among Muslims. So we have to, we have to work on that. This is one ummah. So what I'd like to talk about today is what the Quran called the Khalil, Khalil, the few. Relative speaking, relatively speaking, Muslims are a so-called minority in this country. And you know what? How wonderful it is to be a minority. Allah mentioned the Quran, Khalilu min ibadi ash-shakur. Few of my, my servants are thankful. The majority of the people are unthankful. You have to look at yourself as someone who has something to offer the society. Sun Tzu, in his book, The Art of War, said something interesting. He said, it is better to capture the enemy rather to, than to destroy it. Islam says something different. If you really understand it, it is better to convert the opponent rather than to kill them. I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes because you have to understand what our, what our job is and what's going on. The attacks that you see right now, and I'm going to talk about it tomorrow, is I, I tried to find, Sheikh Walid, I tried to find the word that describes from either the Quran or the Sunnah what is going on. Islamophobia is okay, but I found something better than Islamophobia. And it, it better describes what's going on. It's called the Asabiyah. What's going on now is worldwide Asabiyah. Asabiyah, Sheikh Walid knows better than me. He is proficient in the Arabic language. I'm not, I'm a student. But Asabiyah is a word that could be translated as party spirit could be translated as racism, can be translated as nationalism. And what you see going on, and you got to be aware of it, it's happening in Europe, it's happening in America, it's happening in Australia. 
There is a movement, and you have to understand the language that's being said, take America back. There's a language that's being permeated, and they know exactly what they're doing. A lot of the European scholars have begun to write, and, and Patrick uh, Buchanan wrote a book called Death of the West. Um, Samuel P. Huntington, uh, in his book, The Class of Civil the Clash of Civilization, called it The Decline of the West. And there is a major decline right now in the West, and I can tell you a million ways. I don't have time tonight to go into details because I don't, they only gave me two hours to speak tonight. <laughs> you see, you think I'm kidding. When you look at your watches and it's 12 midnight, you say, oh, he was serious. What you have really, and I'm being honest with you, is white nationalism, white supremacy. I'm telling you, it's happening right now, all in front of us. You can, you can, you can hear it in their voices. You can, you can listen. You can see whom they appoint. And that is the issue. White nationalism. But Islam had a cure for that from the very beginning. And Adam Mentorab, the prophet said. Mankind, all of them, are the children of Adam, and Adam was created from dust. This is who we are. We are created from dust. Allah said, and he has honored the children of, 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 of Adam. All of the children of Adam is honored. He didn't say he has honored the Muslim children of Adam. He has honored, he has honored the children of Adam. Why? Every human being is a potential believer, every one of them. And you and I don't know who's going to be a believer. No one can believe except by the permission of Allah. No one can believe. You don't know who's going to be a believer. Man can be a crackhead today and be an imam tomorrow. You don't know. So therefore, we must take the approach of our work. What is our work? There are two things happening around the world. Number one, you see a massive increase of Muslims. Everywhere you look, my hometown, New York City, 1,300,000 Muslims in New York City, 35 full-time Muslim schools, thousands of Muslim businesses. Columbia University report said that the public school in New York City between 10 and 12% Muslims. That's why the Eid is a holiday now in New York City and in Philadelphia and growing in other places. Why? Because for some reason, the Muslims are growing. Everywhere you go, they're growing. Right now, uh, they're renovating Masjid Haram in Mecca. It should be finished by 20, uh, 2020. And it is said that when it's finished, it will be able to accommodate 3 million worshipers at one time. Islam is growing everywhere you look. And do not think that people are unaware. It is said in the next, I think, the, the next 10 years that the Muslim population in America would double. People are looking at those figures. They're wonder, wondering what does it mean. And then there are some people who try to make it look like Muslims are some kind of pariah, some kind of evil people that we need to watch. 
But what you don't know, I'm going to give you some facts here. Sheikh Walid, you travel often. Let me share some things with you. While Islam is growing around the world, especially in European countries, Christianity is falling. When I went to Norway, for the first time in the history of Norway, there are more atheists than Christians. 39% of the people in Norway are atheists. Sweden now have 4,515,000 atheists, which means 46% of the population are atheists. In the Netherlands, 6,769,000 atheists, 40%. United Kingdom, 25,920,000 atheists, 40%. France, 27 million atheists, 41%. Germany, 30 million atheists. 38%. Japan, 58 million atheists, 46%. China, 1,029,000,000 atheists, 75% of the population is atheists. Now, this doesn't mean anything until you understand in context how fast it's happening. And this is happening all around us. This happened in America. Growth of atheism, people going away from their, their religion, going away from their deen, going away from their traditions, and they are abandoning God. On the one hand, but on the other hand, Muslims are growing. Muslims are growing for a number of reasons. Number one, Muslim women are still having babies. You think that that's not an issue? Ask a Christian. And they will quote from the Bible that God said, be fruitful and multiply. The very opposite is happening now. In Italy, it is predicted by the year 2050, 60% of the Italians will have no brothers, no sisters, no cousins, no uncles, and no aunts. 17 European nations have a negative birth rate. Russia was so concerned about women not having babies because they're losing millions of people every year. They're losing, the, gener the uh, population is getting older and less by millions. They had a proposal, one of the uh, people that work in the government uh, in, in, uh, in Russia made a proposal that every Russian man ought to have five wives. I ain't making this stuff up because they're concerned, and there's a major concern. There's a concern with immigration, because there are people coming into the countries from Muslim countries, Muslim regions, uh, and there's a concern. There's a concern about dawah. I mentioned, see, and you gotta understand what's going on, because a lot of stuff, you know, is right over our head. Uh, how many of you heard of Muhammad Ali? Sheikh Walid, do you know what his hobby was? 
Muhammad Ali's hobby was to do magical tricks. Every time I was with him, he showed me some magical trick. But there's one thing about Muhammad Ali. He would always do this. When he finished the trick, one day I was with him in a hotel, and he levitated. I'm watching him levitate. <laughs> and he would say, Muslims are against magic. What I'm doing is the trick. And then he would show us how it was done. So tonight I'm going to take a couple of minutes and I'm going to show you some magical tricks. But I'm going to expose it. Because you got to remember there are two kinds of people out there. The majority of the people of the world don't know about Islam. They're not hostile, they just don't know. And then there are some who know exactly about Islam, and these few people are confusing the masses of the world with tricks, with magic. Muslims, we love all the prophets. The Prophet said, Prophets are brothers. Their, their mothers are different, but their religion is one. Is it true? Have you ever considered this? I'm going to name a prophet in Arabic language, and I want you to yell out the English equivalent. Can you do that? Okay, good. Ready? Musa. Moses, good. Do you believe in Moses? Of course. Harun. Aaron, very good. Ayub. Job, good. Yusuf. Good. Very good. Dawood. Suleiman. Yahya. Zachariah. Do you believe in all those prophets? Of the prophets that I named, how many of them you know Muslims with that name? Raise your hand. How many of them? All of them. Did you know that every prophet I just learned, I just named, are from children of Israel? Every prophet that I just named is from Beni Israel. You can't say Muslims are anti-Semitic. And these and look what the prophet said, peace and blessing be upon him, about Dawood from Ben Israel. He said, Habu, Habu, Salat ilallah, Salatu Dawood. Habu Siyam ilallah, Siyamu Dawood. The best prayer to Allah is the prayer of David from Ben Israel. The best, best fast for, from Allah, uh, for Allah uh, to Allah is the fast of David. Dawood, alayhi salat was salam. In the end of time, close to the end of time, the hour, who comes back to defeat Adajjal? Isa, alayhi salat was salam, Ben Israel, Miriam, Ben Israel. So we ain't got no, you know, we ain't got no horses in the race. 
For us, it don't make a difference of your nationality, your ethnicity, your color. That don't make a difference to a Muslim. For real, it doesn't make a difference. We're not against people because of their nationality or their race or their language. None of that. In the akramukum in the atqaqum. The most, the most honored of you in the sight of Allah are those who fear Allah the most. So we don't care about your ethnicity. We don't care about none of that. The thing that we care about is the obedience to Allah the Almighty. Now, according to Islam, what son did the Prophet ﷺ try to offer as sacrifice? Which son? Ismail. The hadith, the, the Quran don't say exactly, but it's implied. The Quran is very clear. It's Ismail. Do you believe it? What do, who do the Jews say was the one that was to be slaughtered? Isaac. Ishaq. Why? Uh, okay. It's, it's a rhetorical question, but I got your point. Brothers and sisters, it will shock you what they say about Ismail. They don't even consider him a prophet. If any one of you here tonight have what I have in my pocket, this is called an electronic dictionary. When you go back to your rooms tonight, I want you to look up the word Ishmael. Ishmael, Ismail, dictionary. And you know what the dictionary will say about Ismail? The meaning of Ismail? Declasse, black sheep, pariah. All of these negative things about Ishmael. Why? Because somewhere along the line, Muhammad وسلم, will come from Ishmael. What is the problem? We ain't got no problem with your prophets. Why you have a problem with our prophet Muhammad? Man, Paul Sperry wrote in a book called Infiltration. He said, the problem isn't the misinterpretation of the Quran. The problem is the Quran. What they say about Muhammad is scary. So what's going on? There are people, a handful of people. In my opinion, most people, when they know better, they do better. And this is why the Prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, said that one of the prophets were beaten up by Allah and he wiped the blood from his face and said, Allahumma ikfir li qawmi fa innahum la ya'lamun. Oh Allah, forgive my people because they don't know. So the majority of the people, they don't know. The Americans, they don't know. But there are some magicians out there doing their magic. Abracadabra. I give you an example. You go get a book called uh, Countdown Jerusalem or Jerusalem Countdown, I forget which one, but written by John Hagee. So, see, with me as a, as a Muslim, I don't, I don't care if people debate us. We're we, we good. But don't lie. In his book, a few things he said. Now you gotta remember his congregation is reading it. He's on television, he's saying it, he's repeating it. He said, 
Muslims, all Muslims have a mandate to kill Christians and Jews is in the Quran. You a liar. You are a liar and you know that you're a liar. You know that's not in Quran. But he says it and he gets away with it. I was in uh, London last year, ran into a brother named uh, Khalid. Khalid was born in Kuwait. He told me he spent 25 years in uh, Germany and just moved to London. He said, you know, Imam Saraj, the people in Germany used to love the Muslims. Now they hate the Muslims. It's true, Muslims do bad things. That's not allegedly, they do bad things. We know that, we condemn it also. But what's going on? Abracadabra. Let me give you a very classical one. And Sheikh Walid, you might want to pick up this book, Countdown Jerusalem. Just see. And he's very articulate. He ain't stupid. See, that's what see if he was ignorant is one thing, but he ain't ignorant. And so I heard him give a speech. And in the speech he said, he's quoting the Bible. He said, God said, in Genesis 15, chapter 12, verse, something like that. I don't remember the exact verse. He said, God said in the Bible about the state of Israel that whoever curses Israel, God will curse. And whoever blesses Israel, God will bless. Huh? What? Now, I, you know I used to be a Christian, right? You know that, right? You know I used to read the Bible, right? In all my years of reading the Bible, I never, I, never, I never came across that. Now, I'm the kind of person, if you give me the reference, I'm going to check. So I got a Bible, an authentic Bible. I went. And lo and behold, there was the narration. I went exactly where he said. And you know what I saw? The Bible said, Abraham, whoever curses him, God curses. And whoever blesses him, God blesses. What do you say after every prayer? Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama salaiti ala Ibrahim wa ala Ali Ibrahim. Every time Abraham, we Muslims, every day, I travel, you travel, the first thing I do, I find out where is the Qibla? Where is the house that Abraham built? I got to make my prayer five times a day. Where's the Qibla? I ask the brothers who bring me to the hotel, tell me, brother, where's the Qibla? And then I say, what's the timetable? When did the prayers come in? Because I'm a Muslim, our, our holiday, our holiday is a celebration of, of what, Musa, uh, what uh, Ibrahim wasalam, did. So why are you lying? You're a liar. But you're lying for a reason. There's something that you're trying to do. What is it? Why do you switch and bait? When God say Abraham, why you say Israel? You should be disqualified as a liar. I give you all day long, I will tell you the lies that they tell. Can I tell you a lie they told about me? Sheikh Walid, they kind of leave you alone, alhamdulillah. <laughs> you, you're the good guy. 
I'm the bad guy. I'm reading this book called um, uh, The Muslim Mafia. The Muslim Mafia. Can I tell you what they said about poor little me? I'm such a nice little poor little guy, bother nobody. You know what they said about me? They said, Imam Siraj Wahaz, a popular Imam, is training a given shahada converting gang members to Islam and training them with Uzis so that they can take over America. What? I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Be, be honest, I never held an Uzi in my life. I don't know, I've seen it on TV. If it was in front of me, I wouldn't be sure. But do you, do he, does he really believe that? Does he really believe that I'm training gang members with Uzis to take over America? I would have been in, locked up in jail. All right, okay. Uzis are some kind of gun. This is my, my buddy here. All right, all right, I'm almost finished. The thing that I'm trying to tell you is that our fight is not against the American people, not even the European people. It's not against the African people. You see, brothers and sisters, there's no such thing as Islam against the West. I am the West. Think about it. Our fight isn't against white people. When I told you that I was proud to be black, I am proud of whatever you are, how, however Allah created you. In the end, there will not be one black person in Jannah because they are black. And there will not be one white person in hell because they are white. Allah don't judge us like that. In Allah, Allah doesn't, isn't unjust even in the slightest, even one atom's weight, Allah is not unjust. Our fight is against one thing. It's against, against wickedness. I would argue, and, 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 and brothers and sisters, I, I say this, I'm not trying to, you see, because sometimes when Muslims talk, they talk to non-Muslims trying to convince them how nice we are. I'm not doing that. I'm trying to be honest with you tonight. I don't believe that there's a better citizen in America than Muslims. No, but let me tell you why. Before you even clap, let me tell you why I'm saying this. Because you are principled people. You are. You do things sometimes which appear to be against your own interests. You can open up a, a, a liquor store in my neighborhood, you're gonna make money. That's one store, you're gonna make money selling alcohol. Now you're Muslim. You're a person of principle. You come in a black neighborhood. You sell alcohol. You sell pork when it's haram. A principle person say, you know what? God made it haram. I can't sell it. I'm not going to sell it. So if you are a Muslim principled, you do what is right. Consider the verse in my conclusion. 
kuntum khayra ummatan ukhrija lil nas ta'muruna bil ma'ruf wa tanhawna anil munkar wa tu'minuna billah you the best of people of all for mankind you ain't great brother because you arab you're not great because you're Indian. You're not great because you're African. They, Allah ain't concerned about that. So some of us have made the religion like that. You see, we're better. So when I say, there's a reason behind you being like that. Not because you call yourself Muslim. There are people during the time of the Prophet who called themselves Muslim, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So not what you call yourself, but what you are. Allah is going to judge us by what we are, who we are, for real. And Allah knows us. So now we are called upon even the people that hate us. We still call them to Islam. We still call them to Islam. Why? It's in our best interest. And the Prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, put it like this. I'll give you the summary. All of us basically are in the same boat. And if you got people around you, and they're trying to destroy the boat, he said, if you grab them, stop them, you save them, and you save yourself. But if you let them go, you destroy them, and you destroy yourself. All around us, the house is on fire. Your neighbor's house is on fire. And if you don't put your neighbor's house if you don't put the fire out in your neighbor's house soon, that fire will come to your house. I'm ashamed of what America has become. Look at the newspaper every day, how America's going down. And they know, the scholars, they know America's going down. In every way that you can imagine. But yet, somehow Islam comes. Something is happening. Open up your eyes. 40,000 prisoners take shahada every year. They're coming out of the prison, Muslims. But, 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 we got to do something when they come out. We can't just let them come out, because if you let them come out and there's no structure for them, they wind up going back to prison. So we as Muslims have to say, you know what? They're coming out of prison. Let me do something about it. Let me help the brothers. Let them help them get a job. This is how we, this Umatan Wahida, this is the way it is. And so because if you do it, let me tell you what's going to happen. If you do it, this is going to happen. When I mentioned the hadith, Akha Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam So the Prophet took the, the Muslims who were poor and he paired them with the rich Muslims. In Arabiya, he said, I am the riches of the Ansar. Take half my wealth. Abdul Rahman ibn Awf said, Barakallah fi ahlika wa malika. Duluni ala suq. May Allah bless your wealth and your family. Just show me the marketplace. And if you study Abdul Rahman ibn Awf, he became the richest of the Muslims. Why? This sense of independence. African Americans, brothers and sisters, you will see, will be a great ally to the Muslims internally, really, and the immigrant community. I was, Imam, I was in Houston, Texas about six months ago, and there's a masjid called Masjid Isa ibn Maryam. Uh, uh, Imam uh, Wazir Ali, they did a fundraiser in their masjid uh, in an immigrant community for an African-American community. And I said, Imam, how much are you trying to raise? He said, $100,000. 
I was very skeptical because I do this all the time. Imam, that day we raised $106,000. Last week I was in uh, Dallas, Texas, Masjid Al Islam in Dallas, a fundraiser, African American Masjid, a fundraiser among immigrants, raised a hundred and something thousand dollars. It's good, but I don't want, like, you know, as an African American, say, you know, give me some money. But I want us to look at our situations, all of us together, and say, what can we do? So I'm finished, and I, I read this with you, and I'm telling you what I'm going to read you right now is, is painful for me. First, let me say one that's not so painful. In France right now, if you ask the average person, what is your religion? They will say Roman Catholic. 64% of the people will say Roman Catholic. But when you study further, you will find out that only 4% of the people actually practice their religion. And this one here is painful. I say this and then I close to let you know the implication of what's going on, why you have so many people uh, apparently attacking Muslims. And I think if you understand uh, this, uh, you can better frame how we're going to get out of the mess that we're in. You know, we're blessed in America. Imam Walid, you know, years ago, as an imam, I had so much on my plate, so much on my back, so many Muslims struggling uh, legally and things like that. And I had to deal with a lot of issues. There was a sister, I'll never forget, uh, African-American sister named Stephanie. She came to my masjid one day and she, and she took shahada. She worked as a bus driver. And so she was on vacation. She took shahada in my masjid. Um, and uh, when she went back to work, she had a hijab on. And they told her, you are not in conformity of dress, go home. So she went home. She came back the next day, same thing. She came to see me. I said, don't resign. You keep coming to work. I went with her to her job and spoke to their heads. I said, what's going on? They said, well, she's not, she's not in conformity. I said, show me. Show me where. Long story short, she sued them, and she won. She started driving the bus again. And as she's driving the bus, she used to pass our masjid, and you could see her kimar, you know. But you know what, Imam, I don't have to do that anymore. Anytime there's a case like that, I say call care. That's what care does. Um, some other Muslim organization, um, Muslim Legal Defense Fund, call ICNA, call MASS, call MANA. We have all these Muslim organizations, but let us work together. It's true. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, if a man can build a better mousetrap than his neighbor, or preach a better sermon, or write a better book, Though he build his house in the woods, the world will make a beaten path to his door. 
We, are, we live in a society of, you know, uh, competition. Sheikh Walid, you play basketball? Good. I want to challenge you to a basketball game. <laughs> Only because you play, play a little bit. You probably play soccer, right? No soccer? No? No soccer? Football? Baseball? A little bit? Golf? Handball? Do you go swimming? <laughs> but the, the nature of human beings is everybody trying to outdo one another. Everybody trying to outdo one another. And it's why you have the, the World Cup and you have the World Series and you have the championships from the college. Everybody, you have the Olympics. Everybody's trying to compete. It's okay. But what I like to do is let those in the community who do well at something, let them do it. This is the Ummah Tumwahida. And I leave this last thing to you as I sit down and, and I say this, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, I'm scared. And these are official figures. At least 10,000 churches have been closed in Britain since 1960. Another 4,000 churches are set to be closed by 2020 according to the Christian research. And if you look around the world, you will see in England, more people attend the masjid than the Church of England. Many of the churches that are closing down and the synagogues that are closing down are being turned into masjids. In New York and uh, in Patterson, New Jersey, the biggest masjid in Patterson, New Jersey, Sheikh Katanani, used to be a synagogue. Catholic schools closing down, enrollments are down. Muslim schools opening up all over. Be humble, but do not be afraid. Be confident without being cocky. You know, Sheikh Walid, we're from a different school. I'm, I'm, I'm finished. I know you want, you're itching to give me a note, right? You, you're itching to do that. I know you are, right? Well, let me say this, you know, Sheikh, I'm from old school. I used to play basketball. I played for my school, New York University, right? So when we played, when we made a good defensive play, or, you know, I, I was a very good shooter, I must, I must say, right? So we were, I would score, right? Now, nowadays, they celebrate. They start dancing, you know? You score the basket. Hello? You know, will you, what's all that? So we never did that. We didn't do all that celebrating. Be humble. You are here in this country, not as enemies to this country. You're not. Can I tell you the truth? If you would be yourself, be a Muslim, don't hide it, don't be ashamed of it, be a Muslim. People will come to be allies with you because you're people principle, and they'll recognize that. Be yourself. You're Muslim, you're good people. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. American Muslims. We are doctors, engineers, we are God-fearing people. We reach to our neighbor, we are in school. We don't care whether they're Muslims or non-Muslims. You're the best. We are rooted here in this country. Our bodies will be buried in this ground here. I have a vested interest. I am passionate about Islam and America.
you have different different voices that all contribute to this beautiful diversity of Muslims. With all your defaults and all our mistakes, we are still the best group of people that ever came to America. وأراقب الرحمن جل جلاله وتقدست أسماؤه وتعالى وأكون للوطن الحبيب مشيدا أنمى إليه وأستفيض جلالا